shoes are too tight. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 31. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. That's a fact. Today we are reviewing season three, episode 12 of Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, which if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanations, some based on real events, others totally fake. In our show, we try to figure out which are fact and which are fiction, and we'd love you guys to play along with us. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. We'll summarize the stories that we watched today, we'll make our own predictions, and at the end of the show, we'll find out the truth altogether. Today, we have a very special guest in the show, James Mastriani. James, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. James, We, we know James. Uh, we know James. Because <laughs> he's not a stranger. He didn't we know James. Yeah. That's good. We know James. Yeah, fortunately. <laughs> We all know James. Yeah. Uh, we don't know James. <laughs> you guys were watching the show. I just randomly was on your couch. You don't right. know me. I was also watching the show. Yeah. I was like, how did he get in? I didn't even hear a knock on the door. Yeah. Might as well co-host the podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we know James. He's an improv guy. He's he were uh, he performs at UCB. Yeah. Improv, um, improviser, comedian, we're, extraordinaire. Yes, and he has a great show that you guys should check out. It's called I'm Too Effing High. Yeah. It's a podcast, but it's also a live show. We'll it plug started it later as too. a show first, yeah. right? Started yeah. out uh, as a live show first. Right. Yeah, that's correct. And then it moved into and the, the podcast. Can you tell form. us what the premise of that great yeah, show is? Absolutely. So the um the premise of the show is basically um it, it's, it's our attempt to help to normalize cannabis just sort of through the language of comedy. And it's, it's this very silly conceit of like trying to see if marijuana makes everything funnier. So it does. We, it does. It does. And so we get, uh, comedians high on marijuana and then have them do comedic challenges to see, you know, to sort of test their brains a little bit, see what smart, funny people do when they're a little bit, um, you know, a little bit high, a lot of high, whatever they What's prefer. What's an example of one of those challenges that you you either enjoy or mm. use frequently? One would be like, uh, we'll do a segment called like Stone Stand Up, where each comedian gets the first line of their stand up act and then they have to like finish it. <laughs> You're giving them um, the first line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Giving them what their first line is. Uh, yeah. It's a really, really fun show that I, you know, I love doing. And, uh, we've been doing it for about over two, uh, about two and a half years now. Yeah. Chris and I yeah. both have gone to the show multiple times at UCB. Franklin is where they, put it on right yeah right and the podcast is great too you get great guests yeah. and um and in the spirit of you being here today uh you and i are are very high yeah what <laughs> wait a what? second when did this happen this happened oh when he God. appeared on the couch that's yeah. right in yeah. that in that he appeared zone. in a puff of weed smoke that's right <laughs> can i say something yes I had a half a glass of wine. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, when We're, did that happen? So we'll see what happens. We're getting crazy over here. Nobody tell the cops. <laughs> <laughs> half a glass. <laughs> yeah. Guys, can I say something? I had a quarter glass of Perrier. <laughs> <laughs> About Very six nice. hours ago. Yeah. About, it was for lunch. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, was it good? Did you no, enjoy you it? No, it was good. It was the, the lime, oh. you know, hint of but lime. But he's still riding yeah. that buzz. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
James, one of the questions we like to ask our guests is, first of all, where do you fall on the spectrum of I am a ghost Mm -hmm. all the way over to I think ghosts are foo-foo-foo, foo-fa. Is that the scientific term? We've researched it. That's what we've come to. Yeah, I I straight up think ghosts are (laughs) foo-foo-foo-fa. I am. I, I would say that I'm somebody that is very skeptical of anything that is supernatural or anything that is paranormal. Um, now, wait. What if I told you that you might be able to explain some paranormal things through science? I, I mean, like, yeah, for sure. I, I, I would believe that. Yeah, if you could. Ex- I think there's probably some other dimensions we have no idea exists, or maybe some sort of like. Right, like where time isn't linear. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Or like, I'm sure there's, pro- I mean, this is probably all some sort of video game we're living in anyway, so. <laughs> oh, the old simulation. Oh, yeah. the old simulation. <laughs> uh, so I could buy, you know, weirdness. I could buy the <laughs> sure. weird shit happened. Sure. I just don't think that it's somebody's like emotional uh, spirit doing things, I guess. Right. Yeah. With that said, you're... A skeptical person, I am as well. But despite that, have you ever had an experience that you would consider beyond belief or completely unexplainable? Um, not really. That's a no. That's a no. That's a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had this one weird thing like years and years ago where. Like, and I don't even, I don't even think this is really significant. Just tell it. But, but could it, now having seen the show, could it fit in the show? Cause no, like, when, if someone, it's at- not even that, like, <laughs> it's not even that. Cause the cool. show standards are pretty low too. Yeah. And this is lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> this will be for the reboot of the Bob show. Bob Walderstorff and Mike Stone or whatever their names are. They're the best have, they got. Yeah. They, they, uh, those two white dudes could definitely write something better than this. Um, I'm pretty much stoned right now oh Oh, there it is um yeah i you remember the the game rock band oh yeah uh you remember the drum set oh oh, yeah so my old house where uh, i had a bunch of roommates we had that video game and i was in the kitchen making dinner one time and um i heard like this weird like rocking and uh i was like hello nobody said anything i was like wonder what that is so I started cooking again and then I heard it again. So I, I walked around the corner and the drums were like teetering, like rocking on each side, uh, like finishing. I should say finishing or rocking on each side, if that mm. makes sense. Like That's- we're almost back to still. Correct. It was like the very end of it. It's not like it was, yeah, uh, yeah. it was like the very end of, of He's like, this doesn't match up. To, and I'm like, this is better than some of the stories we saw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and nobody was there. And there was uh, no like wind or earthquake. Okay, or so anything. that happens and you see it. Are you kind of spooked by it, even if you don't believe in anything like that? I mean, a little bit, but not from like ghosts. Right. Is there someone in the house? Exactly. That was my Ah. first thing. I was Mm -hmm. like, is somebody in the house? Then I was like, is an animal in the house? (laughs) What animals ride rocking chairs? Or drums. Or drums. drums. (laughs) Well, horses. Yeah. Horses do. I mean. Were you worried there was a horse in the house? I mean, that, yes, always. Yes. That would never be know. horrifying. I know yeah. It may not seem practical, but you're right, Mark. Imagine if a horse was in the house. And it was playing. 
busting out chair rock <laughs> rock band on the drums. It would have been a Nickelback song for sure. Yeah, <laughs> probably photographed. You know what is creepy? Those those horse masks that people wear. <laughs> Yes. Those are creepy. Yeah. That's, That's just we, a, we actually, a the reason you're bringing that up is we were walking down the sidewalk and saw someone in a horse mask oh, the other right. day with a second person walking alongside them. This is our Beyond Belief story with a speaker playing just like top 40. And looking tracks very and, unamused. Yeah. Annoyed. And they asked us for what? Not like, hey. But, like you got any sugar cubes? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> said no. I'm like, what? what's weirder? Somebody coming up and, and asking, do you have any sugar cubes? Or somebody saying, yes, I sure do. <laughs> right here. Here they yeah, are. Yeah. How many do you need? <laughs> well, we're going to dive into our stories today. We've got five stories to summarize and have you guys predict a with us and first up story number one is called the handyman get out get out of my home you and that slut get out of here victoria i, I can explain no you cannot baby girl we can work this out i am not your baby girl your baby girl is in my bed it's over chad all of it the checking account the credit cards the corvette it's all <laughs> <laughs> This is a story of adultery. Huh? And I'm going <laughs> to... Mark, why are you looking at me so concerned? <laughs> um, I'm going to give the summary for this story. So it starts out with Victoria, who's a very wealthy older woman and is dating Chad. Victoria, as we were saying during the show, is a very Susan Sarandon type. And Chad, James, I believe you were like a uh, sort of Dean Cain. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he's like a very... Sort of Dean Cain. Sort of Dean Cain. Yeah, yeah. And she was like a Susan Or Sarandon. if you base it on their actual fame... Dean Cain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Susan Sarandon and Dean Cain. Susan is very wealthy and Dean is this hot, young, don't have any money, but kind of like marrying her for her wealth. Cut to Dean cheating on her uh, very quickly (laughs) in her home with uh, a woman named Andrea. Uh, she tells him, I'm writing you out of the will. I'm going to call my lawyer. This is off. The marriage is over. It's done. And then she gets shot by Andrea, 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 Andrea. Uh, or, bo- or both of them. Yeah. And she says, you're never going to get my money and you're never going to get out of here. So they roll her up in a carpet, stick her in the wall, plaster over the wall and use this kind of popcorn gun, the kind of like popcorn that you'd find on a ceiling of a 1980s uh, apartment. And then uh, suddenly the nail gun starts firing randomly into uh, Dean Kane's clothing, attaches him to the wall Andrea, Andrea comes over, she gets attached to the wall, and then they get plastered over with the popcorn gun, and they die. And then the voiceover comes in and says, uh, their bodies were found a week later, and it was all caught on camera. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a woman dies and her spirit basically uh, seeks vengeance on these people through the use of handyman tools? What did you guys think? No. (laughs) Maybe. Yes. (laughs) Immediately, is it too crazy to be crazy i mean or too fiction to be fiction that whole thing but in the last episode last few episodes we've been burned on this theory a lot yeah in, the, in some of the old earlier Meaning the seasons crazier the story gets sometimes it typically is true it's true Most because they're like oh they've, they've found this weirdo yeah. one-off story and they were like we otherwise, got it <laughs> otherwise you don't have a tv show right it's like right. it's got to be like you, you gotta you gotta lure us in a little bit with some crazy stories yeah in like every- give me the story where the nail gun kills a guy i feel right. like i <laughs> can believe this but not the way they told it you right. know what i mean yeah. and i think that's 
you could like sort of break down the beats of some of the things that happened. And it feels like this show is just sort of leaving a whole bunch of information out. <laughs> oh, do you think the whole nail gun and popcorn machine coming to life by themselves is that totally made up? That yeah. part? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's yeah, 100% that's, made up. Yeah, that's gotcha. the beat that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> or the nail gun is just like one or two nails shut off and they're like, oh, what's going on here? Exactly, and then they somehow yeah. like tripped over something and right. then got knocked out and then the plaster machine started. You know, I like agree. maybe I'm another gonna, weird the, chain of events. The the line at the end where he said, the host says, and it was all caught on camera, security camera from mm-hmm. a suspicious and jealous uh, woman. Right. So, Does so, that have to be true? If they had not said the security camera, if they had just found the bodies, I actually would be more inclined to believe some weird, maybe a third party came in the apartment when no right. one saw and fucking killed all three of these people. That I would believe. But the fact that it's supposedly caught on camera, that makes it even mm, more, right. less realistic. What if it was on one of those Faces of Death DVDs? It isn't, because mm. I've seen them. You've seen them? I've seen some oh, of them. No, Wait, you, what is Faces I, of Death? Yeah, what, that is... It's fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's like it's, real people dying? It's a compilation, yeah. oh. I believe, of like video taken yeah. of people yeah. having accidents. I like when you say compilation, it sounds like a like know. a Barry Manilow CD, mm. but then you're like, it's a compilation yeah. of people dying. That's very uh, wholesome that you hear compilation and you think <laughs> Barry Manilow over porn. Yeah. <laughs> I hear sure. compilation, I go porn, porn <laughs> compilation. Of course it's porn compilation. Hey, you know, there's all no the other way to use compilation other than porn compilation. And I guess for you, Barry Manilow. <laughs> yeah, it's the two. Which could be one of the same. Yeah. Oh, Who knows? Okay. You know, depending on what you're into. All right. Yeah. Um, Wait, so is the colonel then maybe a vengeful wife killed her cheating husband with handyman tools? Like it wasn't her ghost? Right, but then how do you explain the body in the in the wall? That's an important oh, part of the story. Oh, you right? think that actually happened? I, I mean, I think... I don't know. James him- seems to know what really happened. Did the body get put in the wall? I mean, I'm not saying i know what happened at all i'm not saying i was the third man in the apartment i'm just i'm just saying like i could see a a thing where like they just discovered these three bodies in these positions Hmm. a fucking uh installation gun or whatever that uh whatever that thing is in a in a staple gun or whatever that thing was did i even watch this (laughs) um and come to some conclusion all right guys well we've analyzed the story let's go ahead on to predictions first up chris Fact or fiction? Typically, I'd be all in for a good ghost story, but this seems a little too far. I'm going to say fiction. James, what do you think? I'm going to go based off of my just what I think they're trying to do to make a television show. And I'm going to say that it's fact. Mark? Yeah, I think there's a kernel where uh, some weird freak chain of events happened and killed these people. And I'm I'm going to stick with the TFTBF rule and go fact on this one. All right, I'll go next. Someone could have just said there was a video and they couldn't find it or couldn't produce it. Oh, I saw a security video. Where is it? It's in evidence somewhere. So that I have to kind of ignore. Based on that alone, finding three bodies, easily a a fourth person could have been involved in this that they never knew about. So I am also going to go fact. Tiffany. I wrote down fact when I was watching it. And I feel like it's a little crazy and out there enough that it feels too specific for them to make up. Like, would they make this up? This isn't a good explanation. I'm going to go with fact as well. All right. So we've all made our predictions. There's one more prediction that we like to make. Each week we flip a coin. Heads is fact. Tails is fiction. And at the end of the show, we just like to see, does the analysis actually mean anything? Or does the coin outsmart us? Let's go ahead and flip. 
fiction. So the coin is going to be with Chris on this story, and we're going to move on to story. Everyone else said fact? Mm. Everyone yeah. else said fact. Oh, boy. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry bro. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to story number two, which is called Anatole. You ever heard of me? No. Did you ever read the papers or watch TV? I'm not interested in newspapers or television. Well, you happen to be sharing a cell with a very famous man. You know what it is they say I did? No. Say I killed 15 people in 15 months. It's a person a month. Chris, you're going to give us a summary for this one. Anatole, what happened here? Yeah, this one is about an old man named Anatole who was put in a prison cell with um, <laughs> with Don Swayze, who, <laughs> who looks very much like Patrick. They're brothers. Mm-hmm. And so these two are roommates. Don Swayze's character is kind of bragging one night about his one of his murders. I guess he's killed 15 people in 15 months. That's one a month. And uh, He did the math. He, he yeah, checks he out. Right. So he tells this old man about a kill uh, of a kid on a park bench. And then the old man ends up realizing that the guy's victim, who he was just bragging about, was his son. And then he chokes him to death in the middle of the night. Cut to the police are looking for Anatole because he apparently disappeared from the cell without any explanation. Tracks him down at a nursing home where Anatole is confined to a wheelchair and the nurse reveals that he's been in the wheelchair for six months and therefore how could he have ever broken into a jail cell and then killed somebody. Right. So the story is asking us to believe, is it possible that this man either was in collusion with guards and snuck in, killed this serial killer, or did he astral project into the jail cell right. and, and, <laughs> and do this, this, this murder? What did you guys think? Well, the one thing I thought was interesting is at the end, the police officer said that in the report, it showed that he could never find him. So there is a part of me that was like, how did this story even get out there to the point that right, they the could find The police officer it? says, I found the guy, I tracked mm-hmm. him down, but I couldn't bring myself to... Like, bring yeah. him up on charges. So in my official report, I said, bad I never cop. Located. That's a bad, bad cop. cop. Bad <laughs> cop. Real bad cop. So the cop, is, the, the cop doesn't want to include this guy in the report, but then he'll tell everyone well, the story. Well, he told like, this he, story at a bar 10 years yeah, later. Yeah, or, or maybe once Anatole passed away, then the cop was like, I really have to tell. Well, that would still possibly jeopardize his career as a police officer. <laughs> Quite a bit, I think. <laughs> it does feel very like a very beyond belief story, like very neat, like written, like like a well, totally fictional, like a written one. I mean, I'm going to go fact. You think? I think so. Well, and there's also the element that apparently, you know, this old man you know, was able to overcome this, you know, hardened serial killer, you know, at least half his age. So it's like, how did an old man even have the strength to do it? Which further kind of supports this astral projection. Like, right. Thing. If you're going to astral project, yeah. you're also going to get extra strength yeah. along the Why journey. Not? Just sure. add it on. If you can do one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's probably like, like you know, you're, you're, you're add lean muscle mass while you're also <laughs> astral projecting. You it's have very to pay much, a little extra. It's your that. best self. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's I might put hair back on my head again <laughs> while I'm at it. Why not? Yeah. yeah. When you Why go not down, make yourself younger. When then? you go down the astral rejection counter, they ask you just like at Chipotle, yeah. do you want this? Do you want that? These little packages. Yeah. It's like extra. And strength. why would you say no to the guac? 
<laughs> Could the colonel? What a catchphrase! <laughs> he says that for every story. Why would you say no to the guac? <laughs> Could the colonel just be that? Um, or maybe the whole part of him being in a wheelchair at the hospital is added on. Just like looking at the writing of it, there's a couple episodes that feel like they were clearly made up, and there's like some common themes between them. Oh, interesting. That I feel like hmm. the writers, like if they're if they're writing a story or fiction, I mean, Tiffany brought up uh, earlier, like this is so clearly written by men. Uh, and these, you've got these two, I think it's like Bob Wardle story <laughs> and, and Mike Stone. Mike Stone. Uh, and I feel like, I don't know, there's just some real white manny type of tropes <laughs> happening, especially with like father-son relationship type of stuff that mm. was super, mm-hmm. uh, and also, I mean, some, some real, some real nice portrayals of women and some real doozies, oh, yeah. as we say. Yeah. Get excited for that. Oh, yeah. Coming down the pike. Real okay, good. we've analyzed the story. Let's go ahead and move on to predictions. First up, Tiffany, what do you oh. think? Fact or fiction? It feels writery, and I don't really understand the kernel here, so I'm going to say fiction. Mm. Chris. Yeah, this one's this one's hard because I kind of bought into Mark's theory that it could have just been a guy that broke into a jail and and then killed someone. That was the real story, and there was no ending wheelchair thing. I'm going to go with my original thought and say it's fiction. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to say that this one is fact for the reason that it feels just like something weird happened. And then this elaborate game of telephone ensued where all the details were kind of mixed up. It feels written, but it feels written in an oral storytelling kind of way to me. Yeah. So I'm going to go fact on this one. James, what do you think? I am going to say fiction because I agree with Tiffany. It just feels really writery to me. And it felt like in a couple of the episodes that they were trying to do some sort of like father-son tug at the heartstrings type of Mm -hmm. theme or whatever. Which I could be wrong, but it also sort of sets up what I'm probably going to say about a future episode. Mm. But I say fiction. All right, Mark. You brought up a good point, Jesse. It do- I mean, it does feel urban legendy, but in a way that it did come from some credible source at some point, uh, at least a kernel of it. So I'm going to go fact. All right. We've all made our predictions, and now let's flip a coin. Coin is going to go fact as well. Coin is with Mark and myself, and we're going to move on to story number three, which is called Makeup Magic. Thank you so much. You were such a creep. I don't know what came over me. I took a self-defense class, but I've never had to use it before. (laughs) Well, whatever you learned, it worked. I'd like to do something for you to thank you. Oh, no, you don't owe me anything. Look, I was a model, and I did my own makeup. Maybe I could show you a few tricks. I think it's going to take more than a few tricks. We'll see. Man, so many good quotes, but they (laughs) they need some context. Okay. (laughs) Tiffany, you're going to give us the breakdown. What happened in this story? Well, there's a a very sad and self-proclaimed ugly, (laughs) lonely woman named June. And June just, Gloom. June Gloom. Yeah, let's they call her June Gloom. And, and by the way, I'm sorry, if I could just interject really fast. Yes, of course. Um, she was always just 
attractive. She's like, yes, yeah. correct. Oh, she, yeah. Her hair was a little wet. But That's other, it. Yeah. Like one spritz of dry shampoo and she would have looked completely normal. Well, this is That's like all, those movies, yeah. uh, you know. Can't the hardly wait. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She's all that. Yeah. 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 Just take off the glasses. <laughs> so she is looking at her coworkers who are like bullying her. It's like 30-year-old clicky bullying for no reason. Yeah, they're in their 30s and they walk by and they're like, oh, look at her. She's such a loser. Yeah. Like it's high school yeah. or something. It's very out of touch. It's very sad. Um, and so June is sitting there and she sees that there's this really beautiful woman being harassed by this man. And so June goes up and kind of tells the man off, says to leave her alone. The man actually stands up to her and she even like knees him in the groin. And then this beautiful woman who introduced herself as Clarice thanks her and says, oh, I wish I could repay you. You know, I actually used to do my own makeup as a model. So let me do your makeup, which is a very weird thing to just offer someone because that is implying something that that's is not true. very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's beautiful. And she there's even a line where she's like, finally, my biggest dream came true because I was pretty and popular. And all the, like a couple days later, she sees Clarice in this park and Clarice has these horrible burns all over her face. And June is like, oh, my God, what happened? And she's like, well, I was burned in a fire two years ago and June's like oh I just saw you a couple days ago and you're beautiful and Clarice was like yes just for that day and no explanation they go to lunch and June never sees Clarice again right so this story is asking us to believe is it possible that a woman could give another woman a makeover that and they they allude to this but it's not really about the makeup it's something mystical it's like a magical where like at one point June was like I wash my face and I still look the same and she yeah. didn't use that much makeup and my fa- like one thing that's interesting about this episode is like okay well you know 1997 pretty progressive with the sexual harassment stuff like knee and the guy yeah. in the balls saying like no that's a bad thing uh but then everything else <laughs> <laughs> about this and you could tell that this is my the the part where i was like good god this is so clearly written by just some dudes was when the woman now was beautiful you know or attractive and she was being hit on by a man but instead of her being surrounded by men that were attracted to her another woman came up and they had a cat fight oh quote yeah. unquote cat fight so even though the story was about her, it was still about this dude. Yes. And the fact that he had multiple women that were super into it. Oh, which is like He this. was a part of the group that made fun of her in the beginning. Absolutely. So clearly any normal story would, in the end, she would deny him and knee him in the balls or something like that. Right. But she's just flattered that he likes right. her. Right. He would come up and be like, oh, June, you're, you're beautiful. I'd, I'd like to take you to lunch. And she should have been like, No. But of course, she's like, "Ooh, let's have you know, let's right. have lunch by the fountain." Yeah. Okay, now that is that is certainly a problem, but that's not my biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shock, but continue. Okay, so there are I can buy into sometimes they'll have stories about guardian angels, like these people that'll just show up out of nowhere to help someone, and then they just seem to disappear and are never seen again. But the problem with that is, if that's the case, I've never seen or heard of an angel who gets super timid afterwards and is very (laughs) self-conscious about herself. You know, that Mm. seems very odd to me, if you're going to, like, send someone from the heavenly bodies Mm -hmm. to help. Right, but also, not only is she timid, but she has no explanation for anything that's happened. So she's beautiful this one day, and she's like... Oh my God, where did these burn marks come from? What happened? And she's like, well, I was only beautiful that one day. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's like, wait, what? Like, what does that mean? Were mm-hmm. you cursed by a gypsy? Like, yeah. or were you like given a, a? Did you rub a lamp and you wish to be beautiful? But the genie was like, ah, oh, you didn't say for how long. Yeah. I'll give you to you for one day. But you know, if you know how those things are. happened, <laughs> the show would certainly have included that. But I also wonder, would they have just made this up? Like, they're sitting around in the writers' room and they're like. Mm-hmm. I got it. That's a great makeup point. story. If yes. anything, what guys? The network says we yeah. have to write a story about women. Yeah. <laughs> this one's for Here the ladies. God damn it! God damn it! And then they're it. like, "What do ladies think about yeah. like makeup?" Oh well, she must have been super ugly and yeah. lonely and sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead on to predictions. First up, James, fact or fiction? I just, I, I so don't want any part of this to be fact, <laughs> <laughs> and because it just. Yeah, made me cringe. You stick to your so morals. Much. You pick fiction, man. I'm picking fiction, <laughs> and and like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, you can do better. You can do so much better than this. You write something so Bob, Mike, what are you disappointed doing? this yeah. time. Bummed out, bummed out. They're in timeout, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say that you know the complete opposite. Um, no, I love this no, story. I'm, no, I'm, I yeah. was into the makeup. Yeah. Such realistic female character portrayals. <laughs> Your makeup looks good. Today. <laughs> yeah, it looks so good. No, of course I'm going to agree with everything James just said and say fiction. Mark, maybe they were watching one of these rom coms with their wives. She however, made me watch it with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would never. I wanted admit. to watch Rambo, but yeah. apparently, fucking not. Yeah. Whatever. They made a bubble bath and had a bottle of wine. Had a great time. <laughs> fiction. All right, I'll go next. I think that it's just a little too flimsy. I am also going to go fiction on this one. Tiffany. It goes against all my normal questions and my determinations for fact and fiction, but I think I'm going to go fact Mm. only because I don't see them coming up with this story. That is a compelling argument. I just didn't go with it. Cool. Thanks. Great. (laughs) All right, guys, let's flip a coin. Coin is with you, Tiffany, and we're going to move on to story number four, which is called Screwdriver. One cold winter's night, Lauren was coming back from a party and found himself driving on a deserted road. It was one of those times when it didn't pay to be absent-minded. In fact, the temperature had dipped dangerously low, and as usual, Lauren was not prepared. Oh, man, I should have brought a coat. Um, and also, why couldn't she have confidence with her scars, assholes? Yeah, yeah seriously. Sorry, um, I'm done. Own it. Own it, girl. Own it. All right, Mark, um, you picked this story because you know the most about motor vehicles. <laughs> um, motor vehicles, tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is about a, a family. There's mom, dad, and son, Lauren. Uh, and Lauren is going off to college, but Lauren, he's just, he's always forgetful. So they're really worried about him, but it's very sweet and charming. And he goes off and the dad gives him a toolbox as like kind of a, hey, always keep this with you. You never know when you're going to need it. And they work a lot on cars together. So they're both handy. Then one night, Lauren's car breaks down and he goes to fix the carburetor. And he's like, well, I just need my screwdriver and I can fix it. Goes into the trunk and his tools are gone because he left them somewhere else. It's cold and snowing, goes into his car. It looks like he could possibly, you know, I don't know, freeze to death or get very cold. And then some person comes up with a screwdriver and starts fixing the car. And it looks like his dad, but it's kind of hard to tell. And the guy fixes the car. Cut to Lauren calling his family. And he tells his mom what happened. It's the weirdest thing. It kind of looks like dad, but it can't be. She's like, well, you know, get home safe. <laughs> and then... um the dad's like, oh, is he okay? And they're like, yeah. And then the dad notices that his silk pajamas are covered in grease and that on his boots 
are like mud from the dirt. So was he actually there? And there was a screwdriver in his bed. Oh yeah. <laughs> Didn't the reveal sort of feel like uh uh sort of like the Godfather, the scene from the Godfather? Oh yeah, the, the blood from the horse. Oh, and yeah. any horses in the house are scary. That's absolutely yeah. Scary. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this story is asking us to believe. Is it possible that again it kind of feels like an astral projection type thing? Did a dad somehow mysteriously in the night sleepwalk or be there and fix his son's car? Okay, so well I I think this is the opposite of the last story in the sense that I kind of buy this. How do you explain the screwdriver in the bed? I, I mean, like, you could easily see a dad um, or anybody, really, I guess, putting, like, a tool or something in their pocket. Maybe if they have some sort of, like, sure. you know, wearing some sweatpants, working in the garage. You put a screwdriver in your pocket. You forget about it. You fall asleep. <laughs> he's, he's going all mob movie. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Horse bed head. <laughs> I do like this depiction, that male depiction in this story is like, yeah, like working in the cars, like screwdrivers, all the last and ones, again, like makeup. And with the father-son stuff, <laughs> right, it, it kept being all about the love between the father and the son. And I was like, what's going on between the mom and the son? It feels like the mom and the son, like, do they not love each other? Yeah, wait, what? Do, yeah. <laughs> you were so concerned. You're like, but wait. <laughs> not legitimately. I was just like, why? That's it, odd. It was odd because even when they were on the phone with each other, the kid was like, tell dad I'll call him tomorrow. And I, I love him so much. Let <laughs> me uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It felt like, and then the but, mom. But yeah. sweetie, what about me? I know. It's so funny. <laughs> you still there? Is it because I named you Lauren? <laughs> Son? <laughs> oh, fun fact. This story is actually what Finding Nemo was based on. A forgetful little kid. Who this, goes off? I can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, this is about where it ends. Oh. <laughs> and scene. So you only saw the first 10 minutes of Finding Nemo. <laughs> only up till the screwdriver. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and isn't there also a scenario in which this story is this kid gets, you know, lost in the middle of the road and he, wh- whether he actually starts to develop like hypothermia or something sees something, mm-hmm. looked at it wrong before, it actually could have started, or maybe he just happens to turn the key and it starts. Yeah. And right. then he just, you know, and again, we already explained the dad. I just feel like there's, everything is so plausible I here. totally I feel like the, the vision of the guy fixing the car is a dream. Yeah, easily. Yeah, sure. He was sleeping in the car. Of course it looked like his dad. Fumes yeah. or exhaust or I something. feel like, absolutely. I feel like he called his parents, So like they discovered the grease or whatever, because I feel like I don't know, sometimes, maybe it's my parents, <laughs> like, like to equate stuff like that to being some sort oh, of... Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like this means something. This, this means, means something, something huge. Yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's like you say that you have some big news and your your mom or dad are like, oh, yeah, like I felt it, but like right before you called. And it's like right. you probably feel that same thing every single time. And most of the time it's right. like, I just came back from grocery shopping yep. and this time it happened to work out. Well, yeah. and you forget the times that it doesn't add yeah. up. You're like, I have a bad feeling and then nothing happens. You're like, eh, and you discard those yeah. well, confirmation also, bias. Well, also, this is one of those stories that you can explain supernaturally if you want to. Or you can explain it totally realistically, yeah. and it works both ways. So, well, let's go on to predictions. Chris, first up, fact or fiction? Uh, fact. James, I'm gonna go fact. Mark, also going fact. Tiffany, I guess I'll go fact too. Yeah, I'll go last. I do think that this is simply a story of coincidence, and I wouldn't even be surprised if these two events happened on separate nights. 
quite honestly. Yeah, Memory is so fallible. For sure. And you look back five years from now, you're like, that that was the same night that I had the grease in the in the thing you you called. And it could have been like a week apart. Yeah. Like memory mm. is so jacked up. So I am gonna go fact on this for that reason. And now we'll flip a coin. The coin will be a contrarian oh, and vote fiction. And exciting. we will move on to our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called Charlie. I know I was a jerk before, and I do not blame you for leaving. But Nancy, you gotta know that I am turning my life around. Now I got a big job interview this afternoon, and after I get this job, I don't want to celebrate alone. You know, Nancy, today is the first day of the rest of my life. All right, James, you're going to give us the summary for Charlie. What happened here? So this is about a guy who is really down on his luck. And it sounds like he's uh, having some sort of a mental health crisis. (laughs) Uh, He's in a bathroom at a really nice restaurant. He's about to meet up with his ex-wife who left him after he lost his job. And it seemed like he was really lacking confidence and he wasn't uh, wearing his makeup he wasn't wearing his makeup (laughs) he didn't have confidence and the bathroom attendant charlie who is this very old guy starts telling this depressed guy we're gonna call him depressed i think Mm -hmm. he's having a bout of depression (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and and was really charlie was giving bad advice i felt like i agree he kept he kept sort of like giving that shitty like pull yourself up by your bootstraps (laughs) just be confident sort of like right uh, uh, today's the first day of the rest of your life. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you have but he no said idea. It, he also said it as though it was this like original. Yeah, like, I feel like if I was that guy, I'd be like, yeah, we've all heard that, Charlie. But like, it's not even clever. It's not even it's new. Not even clever. Yeah. It it felt like this really lame, dismissive way of looking at like mental uh, health disorders. <clears throat> I, it feels very much. 21 years ago when we didn't realize all the chemicals we have in our brains, I guess. Right. So basically, he takes this phrase to heart and he goes out there and he has this date with his ex-wife and she takes him back. I don't know why. I don't know what he did to convince her. (laughs) But suddenly Uh, she has tears in her eyes. Suddenly she has tears in her eyes and he's done nothing to change. He's done nothing to redeem himself. All he said was the phrase, right? He's like, this is That's all he said. All he said was, today's the... It was all about him. (laughs) You know what? That's so infuriating. (laughs) Right? That's so infuriating. It doesn't matter what what gender you are, whatever. In in a relationship like that, that's that's a very toxic situation to be in, Mm -hmm. where he's going, it's the first day of the rest of my life. I'd love for you to join me. And forget about all those things in the past. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So then, of course, (laughs) he's got all this confidence. He dodges a a couple glasses of wine where it looked like he was going to have some sort of spillage. And then he ends up actually spilling the wine all over himself and freaks out. And then he runs over. He's very rude to the uh, concierge (laughs) at the restaurant. Because he needed the suit, too. He needed the suit. After the lunch, he had a big job interview that was going to turn his life around. Right, right. Charlie, the old man from the bathroom, takes the suit and cleans it, gets the wine stains out, uh, went on the job interview, got the job, 
His wife came back with him again, then went back to the restaurant to thank Charlie. And wouldn't you believe it? Charlie's <laughs> been dead for six months. He was dead the whole time. Yeah, this, dead the whole this is time. such a classic beyond belief trope, the dead the whole time. But I think they're usually better at hiding it. Because like, oh, as yeah. soon as Charlie... Well, when Charlie he... shows up, like The Shining, <laughs> you know what I mean. Hundred percent. You knew. You knew the second you saw Charlie that yeah. he was dead. Well, like, it was I saw... like, and they use a, a, a <laughs> gust of wind sound effect. Yeah. After, yeah. Like every time he shows up, and I'm like, oh, he's dead. There'll be another twist. Nope. Nope. It would have been more shocking if if he was like, I'm here to thank Charlie. He's like, oh, he's right over there. Yeah. Wouldn't it be totally. great? Yeah. If yeah. Because Charlie... how would he clean that suit that fast? That's the big that's I believe the mystery. That's the twist. That's, that's the double the twist. All you need is a little club soda. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great, though, if Charlie was alive, but then the twist is that depressing guy is actually dead? <laughs> but I also hate stories like this because it's all this one guy being like, so I saw Charlie. And yeah, there's no one else so can if, corroborate if any of this. this ends up being yeah. true, that's all it is. It's yeah. one guy being like, I saw it. Also, <laughs> cool. <laughs> also, I mean, are we? Sh- how many Charlies work at the restaurant? <laughs> Probably three. Yeah. Maybe there's three Charlies. Yeah. Maybe one I'm of them to, died six I, months yeah. ago. I'm here to thank Charlie. He's like, oh, he died six months ago. Yeah, and the guy's yeah. just like, fuck, and he leaves. And he's Did like, you mean Charlie the Wizard at getting stains out because he's just in the back <laughs> getting stains out? Yeah, he's yeah. he's still getting some stains yeah. out. Lots of wines spilled at this restaurant. All right, let's go ahead on to predictions for this one. I'll go first. I'm just going to right off the bat vote fiction on this only for the reason that it feels like a weird, less interesting version of many stories they've already told. Mm -hmm. Mark. This sounds like Bob and Mike went to the polo club (laughs) and were hanging out with the bathroom attendant and just thought this would make a spooky beyond belief. Yeah. Uh, so fiction. Chris. I kind of buy this story for some reason. Ghostly rules. What is it? Well, I would say the ghostly rules is that this guy perhaps encountered some kind of apparition that... Got stains out of his suit. Cool. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm going to say fact. <laughs> Tiffany. Um, I feel like this just feels writery. There's so many tropes and they're not even done well. Um, so... <laughs> So, Jesus. Sorry, after the makeup one, I'm bitter the rest of the time. Bob and Mike aren't going to come on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> Just this one episode. We've given them lots of, you know, Lots of kudos in the yeah, past. Lots yeah, lots of kudos in the past, but I'm going to say fiction. All right, James. Yeah, I, I agree. Even though I get Chris's point of there possibly being some sort of ghost laundromat owner or uh yeah even in the afterlife he has to make, make yeah, some money you he gotta to make some money business. you gotta make some money um i i think fiction because it seems like they're trying to get some sort of lesson across about like confidence or self-esteem or 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 it's i don't a, know yeah it's a I don't theme know. in this episode yeah, yeah sometimes the morality tales are a little too cheesy and yeah not real. and it almost sticks out a little bit too much so I, I i'm calling fiction on that one all right we've all made our prediction let's flip a coin the coin is going to vote fiction as well and in a moment we're going to find out which stories were fact and which were fiction stay with us Hey guys, Chris, Jesse, and Tiffany here. Hello. Hello. And we are, you know, because our guest James Mastriani is on the show today, I scoured the internet for some descriptions of what people who are smoking weed feel like. And you guys are going to guess, is that something that someone actually wrote online or did I just make it up? 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Okay. I feel good about that. So if we think it's fact, we'll say consumer, as in like a weed consumer. And then if it's yes. Chris, we'll say Chris. Simple yes. enough. I okay. And a consumer quick note. Yes. And a quick note. I, I am high for this exercise. Oh. Okay. Just so that you know. Oh, good. Okay. okay. Great. Bold choice. Okay. Number one. If I eat a Snickers sober, then I taste all the ingredients at once. But when I'm high, I can distinguish every flavor separately. And they all taste so much greater. Okay, um, I'm thinking that because I know Chris relatively well, mm-hmm. and I know that Snickers is one of his favorite snacks, oh. I'm thinking Chris on this one. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, Jesse's take on this and just blatantly plagiarize everything he just said, and I'm also going to say Chris. The correct answer is consumer. Oh, it wasn't man. me, but it's a solid point. <laughs> As Shaggy always said, it wasn't me. <laughs> You've been waiting to bring up that reference this whole show. It's a very current <laughs> reference, you guys. Okay, number the next one. Uh, it feels like my cat Ollie wants to tell me something, but that thing is almost always feed me more. Okay. Uh, wait. <laughs> Hold on. For, I don't know what's happening, but I certainly know that Oliver is the name of your cat. I'm going to so that's... go for a stretchier yeah. and say, Chris? There you go. That one was me. You're getting huh. really, really good at yeah, this. It's... <laughs> well, are we? <laughs> Number three. It feels like that same cat, my cat, Ollie, <laughs> was just caught looking at me and turned his head away to avoid eye contact. But really, he just wants to stare at me secretly. Okay. Oh, yeah. Chris. Okay. Then here's the next one. Okay. It, ma- it makes you more paranoid. Is that Chris or consumer? I think we're maybe maybe he's getting back to more streamlining. Yeah, I'm that gonna makes go consumer sense. on that one yeah. because I think a lot of people do feel paranoid. While who's I'm there? Yeah. Who's there? Uh, th- oh, that one. That huh. one. Uh, that uh, a consumer would say that. Yeah, a consumer they would, would say that. They, it's part of the paranoia. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to cons- go consumer, consumer on that one. Okay, guys, we have to stop playing this game. I think I'm a little a little too high. Mm. Okay, that oh. sounds like something someone would say when they're playing like Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. We got to stop playing this game. Or I it's got like too someone high. who hasn't smoked a lot before. They, they feel like okay. too high. I am not yeah. in character Consumer. anymore. Consumer I on that one as well. I am mm-hmm. certainly too high. And I think that it is best that I leave. Okay, that was the apartment door. Huh. I think Chris just left the entire, I think he left the building. Yeah, that's... Huh. Okay. I mean, I, I hate to do this, but you said it would only take a couple minutes, and I actually have a dinner I have to get to. Oh. I can wait I, if you no, think you know what? back. No, you know what? Why don't you, like why don't you go? I'll stay. Okay. And I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. All right. Yeah, okay. Bye. Great. Thanks. Okay. Have a good dinner. Thank you. Thank you. guys uh hi this is jesse with beyond beyond belief um chris left the apartment about 30 minutes ago i've been walking around the neighborhood trying to find him no idea where he's at um getting a little nervous (laughs) if i'm if i'm being honest oh wait a second hold on hold on chris yeah okay i've got him what what is going on where have you been? Are you eating a Snickers? What's going on? Yeah, you want one? No. I've been looking for you. You freaked out. You walked out of the studio. What is happening? Yeah, because I wanted a Snickers. Okay. Oh my God. 
You know, now that I'm high, I feel like I can taste every flavor separately, and they all taste so much greater. Okay. Which stories were fact and which were fiction? First up, first story. This one's called The Handyman. This was the story of the guy who was uh, cheating on his fancy uh, Susan Sarandon uh, lover and then got plastered to a wall by her spirit, maybe. Um, As a recap, James, Mark, Tiffany, and myself, we all think this actually happened. Chris, you are the lone fiction on this one. Let's find out what the truth is. The story points of this one have been created by the imagination of our writers. It's fiction. Fiction. Oh, boy. I'm the only one. All right. Guys. Congratulations, Chris. I'm on the road to 100. Wow. For now. All right. Let's move on to story number two. This one is called Anatole. This is the one about the old man who broke into a prison and uh, broke out and killed a guy in the meantime, and he was in a wheelchair. Now, Mark, you think this actually happened. I agree with you. Tiffany, Chris, James, you guys think this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. This time, our research shows that this story happened in the New York City area prior to 1982. It's fact. Fact. <laughs> what was that, about 100? Yeah. Did you, you said, say here that? comes my big old hundy. <laughs> right around the corner. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. So I'm getting, uh, I'm getting close, Jesse. Yeah, well, we we have a friend who is uh, very good with the numbers. We've mentioned it before, Alex Walsh. He has said statistically, out of 32 episodes, you should get at least one five out of five all stories correct. So, Chris, we're on episode 31 right now. If you don't get 100 on the next episode, if you don't get all five stories correct, you will be a statistical anomaly. (laughs) And maybe the question is, how long will you continue to be <laughs> that statistical anomaly? I've never felt more complimented. <laughs> Let's move on to story number three, which is called Makeup Magic. This is the one about the woman who was attractive the whole time, oh, but thought she was fiction. unattractive. Please, God, be fiction. <laughs> Everyone thinks this is fiction. Tiffany, you think there's a kernel of truth somewhere in there. But I don't like it. Let's find out what the truth is. Was this one true? Not this time. Oh, thank God. Fiction. And also, Bob and Mike, (laughs) come on. Come on, buddies. We can... We can uh, we can work this out in yeah. in, a, in a quick nineteen years. Those guys. Did that make any sense? <laughs> I don't <laughs> no. know. I just kind of. You're not on. sure if it did. <laughs> I'm not sure if it did. Let's move on to story number four, which is called Screwdriver. This is the one about the kid whose car broke down, and his dad or some other guy who he thought it was his dad or he was dreaming fixed his car. Now, as a recap, we all think this happened. Let's find out what the truth is. If you thought this story was true, we deceived you. Fiction. Fiction. If it's all plausible and it could theoretically happen, it doesn't mean it did. That's That's true. true. The writers could have just written a plausible story. And so they did. And they did. Let's move on to story (laughs) number five, which is called Charlie. This is the one about the bathroom attendant who was clearly dead the whole time and fooled no one. Now, as a recap, Chris, you think there's a kernel of truth here. You voted fact. Everyone else voted fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Our research shows that this one happened in a Miami restaurant in 1979. It's based on an actual story. Fact. How do they know? <laughs> some guy told you then? Is it like... Yes. Uh, some guy was just like, yeah, listen to this crazy story that yeah. happened to me in 1979 in a restaurant. Oh, it's true? Exactly. Oh, it's true? Great. I'm going to put it on my TV show. <laughs> 
That's how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm skeptical about this whole show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't think I, I'm, I'm sort of like, I think all of the stories are just like weird half truths. And, and we desperately want to know yeah. what happened in those. Really? I think they're cherry picking specifics. We need to know like what percentage of the stories was the threshold for you guys. Yeah. Like if a, if a fact based story comes in and it's just like, yeah, there was this account of a guy uh, seeing a bathroom attendant. You're like, okay, that's all we know. Let's make up the job interview. Let's make up the, the ex-wife thing. Like how much of it actually, what's the core percentage dying to know? Hopefully one day we will find out. Yeah, not after this episode. No, no, not the case. Uh, okay, let's find out what the results were. Did anyone score only one out of five this week? I scored only one out of five. James. Congratulations. It's the rite of passage yeah. on the Beyond Belief. <laughs> Absolutely. In many ways. Uh, a badge of, of courage? A badge of, of, Red badge of, of honor. Confidence? It's a, it's a, ba- it's Maybe a badge a, of honor. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like you've just put makeup on and I look yeah. at you in a whole new confident yeah. way. <laughs> I feel beautiful now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it says to me, maybe you're too logical. Maybe. Maybe you're not tapped in. That's right. It could be a compliment mm-hmm. to you. Maybe. You did so poorly. It definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. Did anyone only score two out of five? Yeah, I did. Uh, Mark, I'm with you. Really? I'm with you this well, that week. That feels good. It feels better. I was yeah. did nervous. Did you see him like chip her up so quickly? He did. Whoa. He had a very depressed look on his face, like the guy in the bathroom. And then when I said I've got a two out of five, he was just right there with me. You're my Charlie, baby. I mean, <laughs> hey, baby, let me get those stains out. Wait, so That's he's been gross. dead for six months? <laughs> You'll find out tomorrow. Okay. Did anyone only get, well, I, not only, did anyone actually get three out of five correct? I got three out of five correct. Chris, you're right back to your 60% Mr. average. Mr. 60. <laughs> That's what they call him over Mr. 60. Mr. 60. You know, did anyone get four out of five? Five out of five. Tiffany, I'm looking at you. Five out of five. Nope. What did you, what did you get? Well, I'm not keeping track. If, um, if oh it's a compliment God. for James to get one out of five, oh then God. I feel super great because I got zero out of five. So I must have been like super logical. Wow. <laughs> the yeah, most logical. Super logical. Yeah. yeah. And, and if, yeah. if Chris getting a five out of five correct is a statistical one out of 32 shot, it's got to be the same for you. Zero's got to be, I would assume, yeah. Alex, correct me here, probably a one out of 32. So super rare. Oh, yeah, I've gotten a couple. So <laughs> this is just par for the course. <laughs> but thank you for that. It's okay because you, you are, to help you out, trying to you help you are out. the most logical, I think, of all five of us yeah. anyway. So that kind of does make sense. Guys, it's, what, it's what's on the outside that counts. So as long as I looked pretty while doing this, then I'm right. totally fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No one will ever know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought everybody looked so pretty tonight. <laughs> oh. oh, thanks. Yeah, wow. of course. Very Kind of course, of yeah. And also, just so we know, the coin got three out of five. So it beat Tiffany, James, Mark, and myself and tied with Chris. Mm. So <laughs> pretty good. So moving forward. So why do we even big, do this? Why making, don't we just flip a coin every show? Well, not just me. for the show, but for every big major life decision. I feel mm-hmm. like just if you're, you know, should we buy the house? Mm-hmm. Flip a coin. And remember, it could be the first day of the rest of your life. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, thank you so much for joining us. We had a blast having you on. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Thanks for thanks yeah. for coming on. Well, I want to plug uh, your podcast one more time. I'm too effing high. Yeah, you find it wherever podcasts are available, and it oh, a new episode's out every Tuesday. Yeah, and your live show is at uh, UCB. The next show is Friday, August 10th at 
midnight. So go see that. Thank you guys for listening at home. And until next week, this is Beyond, Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by Five Friends Living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and tell a friend. All the audio clips are used strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send us feedback, questions, or share your own story that is Beyond Belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com, as well as find the show notes and links to us on social media. Thanks for listening.